Buttercup Night by John Galsworthy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Buttercup Night by John Galsworthy. Why is it that in some places there is such a feeling of life being all one, not merely a long picture show for human eyes, but a single breathing, glowing, growing thing, of which we are no more important a part than the swallows and magpies, the foals and sheep in the meadows, the sycamores and ash trees and flowers in the fields, the rocks and little bright streams, or even the long fleecy clouds and their soft shouting drivers, the winds? True, we register these parts of being, and they, so far as we know, do not register us. Yet it is impossible to feel in such places, as I speak of, the busy, dry, complacent sense of being all that matters, which, in general, we humans have so strongly. In these rare spots, that are always in the remote country, untouched by the advantages of civilization, one is conscious of an enwrapping web or mist of spirit, the glamorous and wistful wrath of all the vanished shapes which once dwelt there in such close comradeship. It was Sunday of an early June when I first came on one such far down in the west country. I had walked with my knapsack twenty miles, and there being no room at the tiny inn of the very little village, they directed me to a wicket-gate, through which by a path leading down a field I would come to a farmhouse where I might find lodging. The moment I got into that field I felt within me a peculiar contentment, and sat down on a rock to let the feeling grow. In an old holly tree rooted to the bank about fifty yards away, two magpies evidently had a nest, for they were coming and going, avoiding my view as much as possible, yet with a certain stealthy confidence which made one feel that they had long prescriptive right to that dwelling-place. Around, as far as one could see, there was hardly a yard of level ground, all was hill and hollow, that long ago had been reclaimed from the moor, and against the distant folds of the hills the farmhouse and its thatched barns were just visible, embowered amongst beeches and some dark trees, with a soft bright crown of sunlight over the whole. A gentle wind brought a faint rustling up from those beeches, and from a large lime-tree that stood by itself, on this wind some little snowy clouds, very high and fugitive in that blue heaven, were always moving over. But what struck me most were the buttercups. Never was a field so lighted up by those tiny lamps, those little bright pieces of flower-china, out of the great pottery. They covered the whole ground, as if the sunlight had fallen bodily from the sky in tens of millions of gold patins, and the fields below as well, down to what was evidently a stream, were just as thick with the extraordinary warmth and glory of them. 
leaving the rock at last i went toward the house it was long and low and rather sad standing in a garden all mossy grass and buttercups with a few rhododendrons and flowery shrubs below a row of fine old irish yews on the stone veranda a grey sheepdog and a very small golden-haired child were sitting close together absorbed in each other a pleasant woman came in answer to my knock and told me in a soft slurring voice that i might stay the night and dropping my knapsack i went out again through an old gate under a stone arch i came on the farmyard quite deserted save for a couple of ducks moving slowly down a gutter in the sunlight and noticing the upper half of a stable door open i went across in search of something living there in a rough loose box on thick straw lay a long tail black mare with a skin and head of a thoroughbred she was swathed in blankets and her face all cut about the cheeks and over the eyes rested on an ordinary human's pillow held by a bearded man in shirt sleeves while leaning against the whitewashed walls sat fully a dozen other men perfectly silent very gravely and intently gazing the mare's eyes were half closed and what could be seen of them dull and bluish as though she had been through a long time of pain save for her rapid breathing she lay quite still but her neck and ears were streaked with sweat and every now and then her hind-legs quivered spasmodically seeing me at the door she raised her head uttering a queer half-human noise but the bearded man at once put his hand on her forehead and with a whoa my dear whoa my pretty pressed it down again while with the other hand he plumped up the pillow for her cheek and as the mare obediently let fall her head one of the men said in a low voice i never see anything so like a christian and the others echoed in chorus like a christian like a christian it went to one's heart to watch her and i moved off down the farm lane into an old orchard where the apple trees were still in bloom with bees very small ones busy on the blossoms whose petals were dropping on the dock leaves and buttercups in the long grass climbing over the bank at the far end i found myself in a meadow the like of which so wild and yet so lush i think i have never seen along one hedge of its meandering length was a mass of pink mayflower and between two little running streams grew quantities of yellow water iris daggers as they call them the print frock orchard too was everywhere in the grass and always the buttercups great stones coated with yellowish moss were strewn among the ash trees and dark hollies and through a grove of beeches on the far side such as corot might have painted a girl was running with a youth after her who jumped down over the bank and vanished thrushes blackbirds yaffles cuckoos and one other very monotonous little bird were in full song and this with the sound of the streams and the wind and the shapes of the rocks and trees 
the colours of the flowers and the warmth of the sun gave one a feeling of being lost in a very wilderness of nature some ponies came slowly from the far end tangled gypsy-headed little creatures stared and went off again at speed it was just one of those places where any day the spirit of all nature might start up in one of those white gaps that separate the trees and rocks but though i sat a long time waiting hoping she did not come they were all gone from the stable when i went back up to the farm except the bearded nurse and one tall fellow who might have been the dying gaul as he crouched there in the straw and the mare was sleeping her head between her nurse's knees that night i woke at two o'clock to find it almost as bright as day with moonlight coming in through the flimsy curtains and smitten with the feeling that comes to us creatures of routine so rarely of what beauty and strangeness we let slip by without ever stretching out hand to grasp it i got up dressed stole downwards and out never was such a night of frozen beauty never such dream tranquillity the wind had dropped and the silence was such that one hardly liked to tread even on the grass from the lawn and fields there seemed to be a mist rising in truth the moonlight caught on the dewy buttercups and across this ghostly radiance the shadows of the yew trees fell in dense black bars suddenly i bethought me of the mare how was she faring this marvellous night very softly opening the door into the yard i tiptoed across a light was burning in her box and i could hear her making the same half-human noise she had made in the afternoon as if wondering at her feelings and instantly the voice of the bearded man talking to her as one might talk to a child over my darling you've a been long enough o that side way my sweet you let old jack turn you then then came a scuffling in the straw a thud that half-human sigh and his voice again put your head to pillar that's my dandy gal old jack wouldn't hurt you no more'n if you was the queen then only her quick breathing could be heard and his cough and mutter as he settled down once more to his long vigil i crept very softly up to the window but she heard me at once and at the movement of her head the old fellow sat up blinking his eyes out of the bush of his grizzled hair and beard opening the door i said may i come in oh i come in sir if you'm a mind to i sat down beside him on a sack and for some time we did not speak taking each other in one of his legs was lame so that he had to keep it stretched out all the time and awfully tired he looked great tired you're a great nurse i said at last it must be tiring work watching out here all night his eyes twinkled they were of that bright grey kind through which the soul looks out oh no he said 
I don't grudge it were a dumb animal. Poor things, they can't help theirselves. Many's the night I've sat up with horses and beasts too. Tis in me, can't bear to see dumb creatures suffer. And laying his hand on the mare's ears, they say horses haven't no souls. Tis is my belief they've souls same as us. Many's the Christian I've seen ain't got the soul of an horse. Same with the beasts and the ship. Tis only them can speak their minds. And where, I said, do you think they go to when they die? He looked at me a little queerly, fancying perhaps that I was leading him into some trap, making sure, too, that I was a real stranger without power over his body or soul for humble folk must be careful in the country then reassured and nodding in his beard he answered knowingly i don't think they go so very far why do you ever see their spirits no no i never see none but for all they say i don't think none of us goes such a brave way off there's room for all dead or alive and there's christians i've seen well if they'm not dead for good then neither aren't dumb animals for sure and rabbits squirrels birds even insects how about them he was silent as if i had carried him a little beyond the confines of his philosophy then shook his head tis all a bit dimsy but you watch dumb animals even the last littlest one and you'll see they knows a lot more'n what we do and they do things too that puts shame on a man's often as not they've got that in them as poses show not noticing my stare at that unconscious plagiarism he went on i'd sooner set up of a night with an horse than with an human they've more sense and patience and stroking the mare's forehead he added now my dear time for you to have your bottle i waited to see her take her draught and lay her head down once more on the pillow then hoping he would get asleep i rose to go oh tis nothing much he said this time o year not like in winter till will come day before you know these buttercup nights and twinkling up at me out of his kindly bearded face, he settled himself again into the straw. I stole a look back at his rough figure propped against the sack, with the mare's head down beside his knee, at her swathed black body and the gold of the straw, the white walls and dusky nooks and shadows of that old stable illumined by the dimsy light of the old lantern and with a sense of having seen something holy i crept away up into the field where i had lingered the day before and sat down on the same halfway rock close on dawn it was the moon still sailing wide over the moor and the flowers of this buttercup night fast closed not taken in at all by her cold glory most silent hour of all the twenty-four when the soul slips half out of sheath and hoovers in the cool, when the spirit is most in tune with what soon or late happens to all spirits, 
or when a man cares least whether or no he be alive as we understand the word none of us goes such a brave way off there's room for all dead or alive though it was almost unbearably colourless and quiet there was warmth in thinking of those words of his in the thought too of the millions of living things snugly asleep all round warmth in realising that unanimity of sleep insects and flowers birds men beasts the very leaves on the trees away in slumberland waiting for the first bird to chirrup one had perhaps even a stronger feeling than in daytime of the unity and communion of all life of the subtle brotherhood of living things that fall all together into oblivion and all together wake when dawn comes while moonlight is still powdering the world's face quite a long time passes before one realizes how the quality of the light has changed so it was day before i knew it then the sun came up above the hills dew began to sparkle and color to stain the sky that first praise of the sun from every bird and leaf and blade of grass the tremulous flush and chime of dawn one has strayed so far from the heart of things that it comes as something strange and wonderful indeed i noticed that the beasts and birds gazed at me as if i simply could not be there at this hour that so belonged to them and to me too they seemed strange and new with that in them that past show and as of a world where man did not exist or existed only as just another form of life another sort of beast it was one of those revealing moments when we see our proper place in the scheme go past our truly irreligious thought man hub of the universe which has founded most religions one of those moments when our supreme importance will not wash either in the bath of pure spiritual ecstasy or in the clear fluid of scientific knowledge and one sees clear with the eyes of true religion man playing his little not unworthy part in the great game of perfection but just then began the crowning glory of that dawn the opening and lighting of the buttercups not one did i actually see unclosed yet all of a sudden they were awake the fields once more a blaze of gold End of Buttercup Night by John Galsworthy Read by Lars Rolander